Welcome back to the Wally Pit Podcast. I'm Ryan Upton. And I'm Jake Sismedia. We are back for episode number six, season three, presented by WOCR 89.1 The One. And yeah, first, a lot. I mean, spring training still rolling on. This week was a pretty slow week, so we're just kind of talking on some more of social media stuff that happened, just some little updates and stuff like that going around the league. First off, I wanted to start off, uh, we talked about this previously before the podcast, but Dodgers trolled the Red Sox over Mookie Betts. They, someone, a Dodgers fan, put a poster, uh, like a billboard, behind Fenway Park that said, thank you, it said, dear dear Boston, thank you for Mookie Betts, Sincere, sincerely Dodgers fans. I have a question, though. Why You said Dodgers fans put it behind Fenway Park, right? Yes. So why would Dodgers fans put it behind Fenway Park? That doesn't make sense to me. If it, like other Dodgers fans all the way over in Boston, or it's just kind of trolling like the city of Boston. So I feel like maybe like maybe they're not even Dodgers fans that did it. Maybe they're Red Sox fans that are kind of you know PO'd at the fact that they lost Mookie Betts, and they're like, oh, I'm here's here. What did what did what did the billboard say again? It says, "Dear Boston." Thank you for Mookie Betts. Sincerely, Dodgers fans. Okay. And and the guy put his uh, Instagram username. Mm, okay. Yeah, then it was definitely Dodgers fans. But, yeah, you're right. It was probably like a troll. But either way, that's – I don't know I don't know what to think of that. It's kind of it, – I mean, it is what it is, I guess. It's kind of funny. It's kind of kind of hateful towards the city of Boston. I mean, I, in my opinion, yeah, they messed up getting rid of Mookie Betts. Because what? Did they lose in the free agency? Yes. Yeah. So or no, it was a it, no, it was a trade. It was, he got a they wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was a trade. I can't remember. Save my life, to be honest with you. But either way, Boston could have kept him, and they chose not to. They knew Mookie Betts was an upcoming rising star, and they chose to get rid of him anyways. And they sent they sent him sent him to a better team in Boston or uh, in LA, excuse me. And uh, to be honest, I, I don't know. I don't. I I don't think I'm not thinking much of it, to be honest. I don't know. It my my opinion on it, it was just kind of like a funny thing that I saw kind of blew up on social media and was everywhere for a little bit. So that's that's my only thought process behind it. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next, we got Kansas City get, gives Salvador Perez a four-year, $82 million extension. I mean, he's getting down to the tail end of his career. I would not be surprised after this four years he retires. But I think it's a good – Good gesture. I mean, he's brought that team. I mean, he has. He's probably the best catcher that's ever been in that franchise. So, I think it's. It was a good thing for him. I think. I mean, he's still putting up really consistent numbers for being as old as he is. So. Yeah, I was gonna say Salvador Perez has always been a decent catcher. I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame caliber. Probably not, in my opinion. But I don't know. I haven't. I don't know like his stats too well to. Just like dictate that from in my own opinion, but he's always had he's always hit for power. He's always hit for average. I would say like he's what he's like a two sixty two seventy hitter, consistent maybe more some years. But like he's he's how old is he? Do you know how old he is? I think he's thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. So yeah, he's kind of no, nah, maybe younger. I think he might be thirty two or thirty three. Either way, at that age, he's towards the prime end of and like towards the maybe the end of his prime in his career. So, but he's always been the Royals backstop. He's always worked with the pitchers really well over in Kansas city. So honestly, I think that's nothing but a bonus to 
sign him for four more years. And what was it, seventy-two million? Eighty-two million. Eighty-two million. That's not bad at all. I think that's a great signing for Kansas City. Yeah, and then speaking of signings, the Mets are supposedly going to offer Lindor three hundred million dollars. That's a rumored number. Probably, I would assume ten around the ten year mark, give or take mm-hmm. a few. But you were talking about it. He's hit. Yeah, three. I was talking about it before the show. And I think Francisco Lindor. Now you were just talking about Salvador Perez and seventy-two million, saying Salvador Perez was worth every bit of that, or eighty-two million. Francisco Lindor, in my opinion, is worth every single bit of that three hundred million. He's he's in his mid twenties, mid to late twenties, or something like that. He's in the prime of his career. He's honestly <laughs> last episode. Last episode we talked about the face of baseball. We talked about. Fernando Tatis, we've talked about Mike Trout, we talked about Javi Baez a little bit. Francisco Lindor is another example of the face of Major League Baseball. Would you agree? Oh, I'd 100% agree. The guy's always got yeah. a smile on his face. He plays the game just incredibly well. Always respectful right. with a little bit of flash here and there to show, like, he, he's he's got an entertainment value to him. Oh, absolutely. And he doesn't, like... He never gets, he never starts anything. He's always out of the drama. He always keeps to himself, and that's why everybody loves him because he's a class act. He, he respects the game really well, and that's why Francisco Lindor, no matter what team he plays for, whether it's New York, whether it's what was in Cleveland, even if it ends up being somewhere else one day, no matter where he's at, everybody's going to love Francisco Lindor for what he stands for. And I, honestly, I read something today on MLB.com, or maybe it was on social media, but I think it was MLB that tweeted it. Uh, it was like an article, and they were saying how Francisco Lindor was looking for a $300 million maybe plus extension. And he was kind of saying that, I mean, $300 million obviously is a lot of money, but Francisco Lindor said he was hinting that he, he's looking for a long extension. He said he's comfortable in New York, and he said if New York offered him that extension, he would be all for it. But he said he was maybe looking for a little bit more than $300 million. Now, do you think he's worth more than $300 million? I think it depends on how many years he gets. I think since he's, yeah, 20, 25, 26, I think if you give him a 12, 13-year deal, I'd say 12-year deal, anything 12 at like $340 million, I think that's a really good price for him. I just don't know if he doesn't float around that $400 million, like 350 plus to me unless sure. for some reason he's getting more than – 14 years which i don't see possible because of his age and where he's at but i think what he i think what he wants is just to be locked down with an organization for the rest of his career to have a good final like this is where i'm gonna be for the remaining remaining time i'm gonna be loyal to a fan base i think he i think he kind of felt bad after the cleveland because i think I mean, he didn't oh, leave Cleveland, Cleveland on a bad note. I just think he feels like he left Cleveland on a bad note. And uh, for and I, him- don't think, I don't think Francisco Lindor left Cleveland on a bad note. I think Francisco Lindor just has that loyalty uh, trait about him where he's loyal to the fans that where he's playing. And, you know, he was the face of that Cleveland organization. Yeah, they had other big names. They had, he played with guys like Jason Kipnis and um, – Trevor Bauer and Carlos Carrasco and all these bigger names in the organization. But, like, compared to all those guys, I would say Francisco Lindor was was still the face of that Cleveland team. And now he can make a name for himself in New York, along with Pete Alonso, Jacob DeGrom, and all those guys. And I think he just wants to be loyal to a fan base, kind of like you said. And 
at the end of the day, I think he deserves every single bit of that three hundred million. And he's been showing it the last few days in spring training. He's he, he's hit like a grand slam. He hit a home run yesterday, and I think he hit another home run today. Yeah, he he's... hit a home run off of Max Scherzer, nonetheless. And then Tommy Parsons, ex Adrian pitcher, he hit a grand slam off of. Yeah, he's he's worth every penny for numbers wise, as long as he stays consistent, which he shows he can. Oh, I think he, he will be one of the best baseball players for our generation. So, mm-hmm. Did you see what happened to uh, Tatis today, by the way? I did not, no. He was removed with left shoulder discomfort. Oh, boy. That is not so, good. So it, 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 it could be something minor. It could be something bad. Later word has not released or whatever, but I just saw that he was removed from the game early on. Um, Jay Stingler, the Padres manager, removed him with a, uh, a shoulder injury. So that I don't know. I think it was his uh, his throwing arm too. Oh boy. Well, I so hope I hope that he's because... fine because that is a major part of that lineup, organization, everything. Oh, it's and a, baseball in general. It's a big kicker for them who just gave them him that huge contract too. That just is a bad bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully he recovers, but uh, that's all that's all we know right now. There, there's no uh, update on that. Speaking of uh, players that have been injured and are recovering, uh, Justin Verlander, ex-Tiger, current Astro, just threw for the first time after Tommy John surgery. He's one of those. I mean, this was one of those injuries that you didn't know as a baseball fan if he was going to come back or just call it quits after that. But he's been determined. I think what I've read from MLB.com that he's a little ahead of schedule right now, especially for his Tommy John return, which according to them, yeah, it's very good. And according to them, it should be around like late August, maybe early September, if he does decide to pitch this year. year. Mm -hmm. But his his time is ticking, so he doesn't have much left at all. So, no, obviously Tommy John's one of those injuries where you either bounce back and chalk harder, you you come in a full head of steam or it's one of those injuries that ruins your career. So hopefully for JV being as old as he is, uh, he comes back and he, and he's still throwing upper nines for the Astros and he still lights out because the game's just not the same without Justin Verlander. You know, he's one of my favorite players uh, growing up as a Tigers fan. He's always been around and the game's just not the same without him. So hopefully he comes back uh, healthy. Yeah. I also say the same. He's one of those pitchers that I always looked up to. One of my favorite Tigers of all time. And, I'm just hoping that he can make a return this year and start screwing some hitters' days up again. He's always a fun guy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Game's just not the same without him, so hopefully he comes back. Uh, hopefully we see Justin Verlander in 2021. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, moving on, I kind of want to touch on some college baseball stuff that happened this weekend. First, actually, I want to talk about, did you see the Michigan Michigan State game? I think it was yeah, three Michigan days ago. Eight, eight runs, right, in the bottom of the ninth inning. Bottom of the ninth inning, yeah. Beat Michigan State. Yeah, that's awesome. And I saw uh, they had this guy, Jack Overtop, who's just a stud. He's like their cleanup hitter, uh, DH kind of guy. But it's cool uh, It's cool to see Michigan because there's this guy, Tito Flores. Yeah, I played against him in high school quite yeah, a bit I, so and did, in summer so ball did, a lot. Yeah, so did I. He played. He went to Brother Rice High School, and he's hitting like second and third consist- consistently for Michigan. And he, he had his first collegiate home run a few days back, and – on the side, no, it's just cool to see guys playing D1 baseball, especially like on a national championship like caliber team uh, that you, like we grew up with. You know, it's really cool. But, yeah, Michigan scored eight runs in the bottom of the ninth to beat Michigan State. And me being a Michigan fan, that's 
that's always a plus. Michigan State did end up beating them three to nothing the next game though. So go go yeah, green. That's okay. Yeah, on a side note though, Michigan's ranked like 18 in the country, and uh, they I, they I think they've only lost like one or two games so far this year. Yeah, I think so. they've lost two as of now, but. Those are those, I just thought that I'd bring that up because that was a really good game, and it was, especially since those colleges are close to us, state be, state being the closest, but mm-hmm. Michigan's still in our state, so thought I'd bring that up. And then next on college baseball, uh, Jack Leiter threw his no hitter for Vanderbilt the other day, and yep. what a performance that was! Fourteen Ks, right? Sixteen K, no, sixteen K is correct. Sixteen K is one walk, and the walk happened to be the first batter of the game. Oh my gosh! So yeah, he, after, it was against South Carolina too, which and they were, tw- they were, I think they were sixteenth at the time, sixteenth ranked team. Mm-hmm. Just that Vanderbilt rotation. I mean, there's only two big names I know in that lineup, and it's a rotation. It's Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. But uh, imagine facing those guys on back to back days. <laughs> I just could not imagine. I upper nines from both guys with filthy off-speed stuff. And Jack Leiter is in my grade. He's 19 years old, maybe 20 I know. now, but he is it's just crazy. His dad's uh, L Leiter, right? Correct. Former MLB uh, pitcher. MLB, like, uh, yeah, and like MLB network analyst. Correct. And yeah, and L Leiter had a pretty good career. I know. Yeah, he was a so. gross lefty for a few years there in the late 90s, early 90s. So. Yeah, like father, like son, I guess. Yeah, great. And then I think I think the final stat line for like the weekend for uh, South Carolina was mm-hmm. like, they had thirty eight plus Ks in a three game series. Oh my gosh! So they got absolutely oh chopped up because I oh think Kumar had fourteen. Kumar had yeah. fourteen. Lighter had sixteen. So that puts them at. 30, and I think the last game they struck out like seven or eight guys. So just an oh insane gosh. amount of strikeouts from the Vanderbilt starting staff. And from what I've been reading on MLB.com, Bleacher Report, a few other just t- people on Twitter, was they don't think that Kumar Rocker is going to go in the top uh, top two picks in the draft. They think one of them is going to be one of the hitters and another one's going to be a higher pitcher from another team, another collegiate team. Mm-hmm. And they I don't think know who that else is better than Kumar in the league. I don't know. And lighter, lighter, depending on what he's got going, he might classify for the draft, and that would be another top name. So uh, how would that work though? Because he's a freshman, and you have to be like a junior, I think, to. to uh, oh be drafted, yeah, you're right, right. You're right. They do have to. You do have to be a junior, correct? Or yeah, no? Okay. No, you have to be a sophomore. Sophomore. Okay. So because that's what that's what Torkelson did. He played his uh, freshman year, set the freshman record. And then the last year's sophomore year got canceled due to COVID, and then he got picked up by the Tigers in June. Mm-hmm. So that sounds right. If the Tigers yeah, do so draft Kumar, though, I will be ecstatic. Yeah, I'll be very happy. I think that'll be honestly the best pick for the Tigers. It'll only uh, make their farm system better, and hopefully, increase well, it'll increase the future of this team. So it it would be honestly the best thing the Tigers could do in the draft. And I think he opinion. I think he's MLB ready. And that's just my opinion. I think I don't think like right off the rip like send him to the MLB, but he would be one of the closest pitchers to be like, "All right, send you down to single A for a little bit, get some get and some feel down there, A. double A, and then r- straight from double A right to the league." 
Oh, you think straight from double A? Well, double A, in my opinion, just became kind of like, that's where all the studs are. That's where your, like, your top 25 players in your organization always seem to be. Yeah, there's a little bit better competition in double A, and then triple A is kind of the guys where you go to get some extra, uh, basically guys from the league go down to triple A to get extra at-bats if they're struggling and stuff like that. But double A is kind of, I kind of agree. It's like the portal between the MLB and the minor leagues to where the studs go back and like go to the show kind of. So yeah, honestly, Kumar is definitely one of those guys. He's, we've been watching him for a couple of years now and we've been hearing about Kumar for a while. Like he was talked about before he even became a college baseball pitcher. And like, just because the hype was real around him and he's lived up to it. And honestly, I think it's, it would be an awesome move for the Tigers uh, to get Kumar. Yeah. And then speaking of Tigers pitching, uh, Matt Boyd was announced the opening day starter. I don't think that really changes too much or is like a big wow factor, but kind of, kind of expected it. Yeah. He's the one that's been there the longest for this rotation. And I think he's the only one that this year we're going to have somewhat faith in as a starting Mm -hmm. pitcher. I think a lot of it's going to be rotating in young guys. Uh, A few other guys are going to be in there a little bit. I don't know. It's just one of those years that we're just going to sit back and watch the Tigers suck and hope that... Hopefully that's not the case, but it's going to be the case. It's going to be the case, and you know that. Everybody knows that. But hopeful to get a... Bump ourselves down in the draft a little bit to show that we've improved because the one through five picks just... They look good, and they are good, but I would like to be around the six or seven just so I feel like... Oh, we've we've improved the past four years. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess that counts. I guess that counts for something. Yeah, and then the last last topic I want to touch on before we wrap this up is Michael Fulmer. I know we were talking about him a little bit before the show. The Tigers mm-hmm. are thinking about moving him to the bullpen, and we were talking about how he's really only had one good year, which was his rookie year, and after that, it's been injuries. Can't really find the strike zone. Not consistent with off speed stuff and just getting rocked around. And I think for him to be moved to the bullpen, even if it's just for four months, three months, a month, I think it could be beneficial to him to be like, oh, this is a wake-up call. I need to get my stuff together. And maybe it's a more of a feel-good thing for him too. Like, sure. I just got to yeah. find my stuff out here where, like, oh, I need to go shut three innings down. Our starter got pulled the fifth inning, but we're up two runs. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Honestly, it might just be a wake-up call for Fulmer, and if he'll realize that he needs to he needs to go off um, in the bullpen in order to work himself back into the rotation. Because, well, like you said, Fulmer hasn't really had a good year in the last few years, like you said, since his rookie year. So it would be nice to see the Fulmer rolled, and hopefully uh, it's a wake-up call and he figures it out and comes back and throws lights out in the rotation for the Tigers this year. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up, unless you got anything else to say. I don't know. I I think we're good. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been the Wally Pitt Podcast. I'm Ryan Upton. I'm Jake. Have a great day. Stay safe. Keep those masks up. Have a great day.